Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Mad Pain. I am Doreen, your podcast dominatrix, and I was asked to tell you to put down your tattoo machines, get down on all fours, go crawl into your little house, and, uh, and stay there until the government tells you can come out. And that might last two weeks or maybe three or four or five months yeah, and, and then that might come back in the fall. There's, like, no real guarantee. So, yeah, we recorded part one of our conversation with Andre Malcolm in the very beginning of January, first week of January. And then we were scheduled to record part two of our conversation in March when Andre was going to return to do another guest spot at Saved. But, yeah, that never happened because we are living in a global pandemic. As of right now, in America, there are approximately 2.59 million cases of coronavirus infection. And there's also approximately 128,000 deaths in America alone. So acknowledging the very real health risks, um, especially for me because I have asthma, and also the people that have lost their lives to this virus and lost family members and loved ones, We're taking this super seriously, so we were unable to record our conversation in person. We recorded part two of the conversation in late March, um, and that was over the phone remotely. I live in New York, and Andre lives in California, so because of the travel ban and social distancing, we were unable to do this recording in person. But I can assure you that... The energy in the conversation is heightened and and it feels tense. You're going to feel like you're sitting in a chair right next to us. So, you know, don't feel like you're losing out. So, yeah, let's let's get right into part two of my conversation with Andre Malcolm. All right, so you're working on a book right now. Can you talk a little bit about what inspired you to create the book and what's going to be in the book? Um, The book is uh, about... um, Basically, what I'm doing in this book is it's 100 suits, uh, 50 male, 50 female. Well, I was thinking 50 male, 50 female, but... um, it's something I've been working on for a while. I, I basically was influenced by what um, a lot of the Japanese artists did and also um, artists from Switzerland named Philip Lou. Philip Lou, probably one of my biggest influences. Philip Lou, Mick, Luke Atkinson. These are the guys I looked at when I was younger coming into tattooing. And they incorporated a lot of their work to to have a lot of Japanese themes and to the point where it's just mostly it's just strictly Japanese style tattoos. And then I got to the point I've been in tattooing long enough now, like I started to not just want to just do Japanese style, but also African style works because um, this is a rich history in African art, mainly the mask. Um, so like a lot of that stuff that's in that, what I'm working on right now we'll have like um a mixture of like african stuff and japanese backgrounds and then some just strictly 
Japanese backgrounds because that was um, part of my introduction into doing large scale works. What are some of the similarities that you found with Japanese or between Japanese and African aesthetics? I think it's like the nature driven side of it where um, both cultures were looking at what was around them and incorporating it um, in their own aesthetics, um, their own style, their own culture. So the carving process, the, the, the aspect of taking wood and carving it, which is probably a soft, soft enough material and hard enough material that it, it holds up over time. Both using animals in their background, in 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 their mythos, and um, the culture behind the art, you know, the, the culture, but the, the culture that was that was I shouldn't say behind the art, but 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 evolved from the art. Uh, I, of course, Africa is older. It's to the point where, for a long time, African art was being sold around the world, and a lot of uh, our ancestors just didn't know how valuable it was until, you know, I probably the last, I don't know, 20, 30 years. Whereas, like, you know, in Japan, same thing. Europeans and Americans just gobble it up, just like some people just gobble up African art, you know? And, uh, yeah, I think that's that's basically it, the, the carving process and, and how a culture was, these two different cultures evolved around their art. You know, and and to the point where they both use scare tactics. You know, a Hanya mask um, was de- developed out of fear. Certain African masks, if you might look at like a baboon, or if they take river fish, there's one where it has like gruesome teeth in it. You know, and they use that in the art, and and that would just that would scare certain tribes away when they were in when they were fighting, or it was a, a ceremonial thing. That's 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 what I've, I've taken from it, and it's you know it's re- it's refreshing trying to do something different and really thinking about it, and then, you know fighting to to put it well, out there. The, yeah. the last time we talked a little bit about the ways that you build those compositions and how you combine those two styles with your personal experience of like you know some things that you saw in Jamaica and stuff. Can you talk a little bit about that? I know you were talking about ghosts at one point bugs crawling on the mask. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, like, the, the the composition came out of my work because of of some of my f- listening and, or reading what what certain artists would talk about, like like Ed Hardy would talk about, or Philip Liu, or Mick, again, those guys. Even, even the artists I knew in New York, like Troy Denning, listen to how Troy Denning would talk about, or Yoni Z. Those, those two artists in New York, I feel like that gave me the most time of day which was you know Yoni Z and also Troy Denning and then hearing other artists talk about Horiyoshi or Karunama and they talk about composition and and then also looking at that like all right so I have to look at composition now like how is it how is it composed how is it drawn on and using certain formulas especially the butt itself you know because that's probably the most dynamic part of the back and that's probably where you can do a lot with it. Developing your composition to the point where, like, some people have no butt. Where it's all it's, they have no butt. It's mostly it's all flat. It's straight back. Then you have people that have a, a, a more bigger butt, men and women. That was probably one of the more challenging parts. You know, not just drawing something that goes above the waist, but like taking up the whole backside. And I didn't really have 
that many people to show me that I can only I can I only read what these artists said and then I would apply that use my imagination and kind of like play it out of my mind like it was a movie and then draw it in a way you know like oh why did you know why did Philip or why did Horiyoshi or why did Mick do this right here you know, in this part of the back or, you know, that was a, a very challenging thing over over a, a course of time. But imagination is a great thing to have because then you can, your your problems get solved in the way that that's not as challenging. Then it was like, uh, I would think about like in Africa or stories of Africa, like the ge- geographically where things are. You know, there's, there's, the seasons are different. You know, our summers are their winter and their winter is our summer and what the dry season is like and what the wet season is like. You know, there's a village that they have their own mask. And then I was, I would just, I would just start thinking about like, oh, you know, um, the rain season came and somebody dropped their mask and, or they didn't pick it up in time and the water washed it away. What would that look like? And, and, and I would remember things about I would see in Jamaica or like a lizard sitting on a leaf just being washed down the just floating down the floating down the street because it gets so flooded in Jamaica in some in, in, the, in the rain season and so I would think about these things that I remember seeing when I was a little kid and I'm like could that be like how it is in, in Africa you know like no that's where we're from and that's where my imagination would take me. And, and the reason why I would think like that is because I would just, it was animators that I, I also looked up to, not just tattooers, but like animators and comic book artists. And, and they would talk about like how they use their imagination in a certain way. So I, I was kind of doing that the same way. I, I would say, oh, the centipede is on this African mask. But I couldn't look at a centipede that was in Africa because there's, they have millipedes in Africa, not centipedes centipedes are in south america but i was like you know fuck it let me just put that anyway just breaking rules because i could you know if you draw it well it's just gonna look good not really i I know some people are very like traditionalist and say well that wouldn't work that wouldn't work but guess what just because you ain't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist and that's where the we're also doing the african mask mixing it with japanese backgrounds because a lot of people have never seen it before so they said well that that can't work well I made it work. I just drew it well. Yeah, and I, that that was that's kind of like what I'm kind of doing. I'm, I'm I'm not fully walking away from Japanese style tattoos. I still love doing them, but I'm 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 been tattooing long enough now that I can incorporate my heritage into it. You know, looking at where my family's from, asking my friends where their families are from, and I'll draw something because you know African masks kind of look like certain people I know. You know what I mean? It it, it might sound racist, but it was fashioned after you gotta understand artists were fucking we're fucked up in a way we're gonna do a mask to probably make it look like my friend but i'm gonna say oh it looks like this i can see that in the art one of my boy mouse he looks like this african mask that because the features are there you know what i mean like the long face or the way the nose is the way the eyes is there was an artist that made that and he's looking at his friend kind of doing that and, I, and that's what i do i i, I i've taken it to that that point where i i want to put a little of put a little bit of my life experiences into it so it'll be like my friends and i'll just draw my friend a certain way make him look like an african man but i'm gonna be like yo that's my man my man mouse so this is my, my this is my my boy puma 
and yeah, I even do myself too. I, I do my kids too. I, my kids look weird at times. So I'm like, when they look weird, I, I sketch them, you know? Everybody gets it. I get it. So it's, it's equal opportunity right now. <laughs> I love it. Art's fucked up, isn't it? All right. So um, with a lot of the research that you've been doing with Japanese traditional, there's a lot of rules and a lot of things to follow. And that's kind of what builds the history is that it's so consistent. Can you talk about the importance of history and legacy to your art practice? Mm, the, the style that I've gone for is more of a country style because um, I'm, I'm from the country. I'm from up in the up in the hills in Jamaica, right? And so I don't look at there's a country style and then there's a city style. City style is a little bit more up close. You're up close on people, so you're gonna it's a lot more detail orientated. Whereas like country style is a lot more bigger and bolder and looser. And that's what I identify with. I look for the bigger, bolder, looser stuff. Especially now when you do it on brown skin, I leave out a lot. Brown skin is so dynamic, so it's more line work, minimal shading. Um, and that works well for country style. It's, it's it's because you're out in the it's because you're out in the sun. You're out yeah, the, that that mendelin count is a certain count. So with brown skin, I kind of do everything really big and bold. Um, like on my Instagram, there's a one I just posted uh, yesterday. Um, she's got like kitsune on her back, and it was a cover up. So literally, like from the un, from the untrained eye, when you look at it, you wouldn't know that it was a cover up. But there's a cover up. It's, it's, but it's, her robe takes it out, you know. Um, and then I put a bat on top of the this Sanskrit and. I put all these different things in it. And if you get up close now, you're going to see a different type of detail, you know. Um, and when you step away from it, it's kind of like when you're looking at oil paint. Oil paint uses that kind of technique. And 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 that's a part of, like, the, the process I go in when I'm designing t tattoos for anybody. You know, somebody that's whiter, I can put a lot more detail in it. Once you you hit a certain mendeline count, you can't put too much detail in it. It's more like stylized, stripped down. You know, you, you, you're going to use um, a certain amount of shading when they're standing there. Because I'm always thinking about, you know, I'm weird like that. I, I don't look at people with their clothes on. I'm always looking at people naked. And I'm looking at everybody. And it's, and it's, and it, that could sound weird for a lot of people, but I look at everybody, this dude, like, what would he look like naked? Like, you know what I mean? Like, so if I see a black dude comes in, I can't put too much detail. If somebody came in my my complexion, I'm not putting a lot of detail in it because it's not it's not one light shade hitting us. Because because once you get to the back, once you get, once you get to the the, the back, you, you're gonna see this dynamic look. You could actually see some. You can you can see uh, uh, when a black person stands there, you can see their back. You can see the the, the bend in their back to like from their waist and how their butt comes out and then when you go underneath you can see like the shading so like you'll see like the shadow under their butt it's because it's just all ass you know what I'm saying something and, and <laughs> yeah so like it, so when I design I'm always designing to pass the butt so when I do the butt it's like I don't put a lot of shading there unless I wanted to do that and that's that's a process of, of trial and error that I've learned in tattooing you know what I mean I mean, shit, man. We naturally, it, I'm, and it's weird because it's like it, it's all brown skin too. Like, whereas in white, somebody that's white, the shadow at the bottom of the butt is a different type of shadow because the light hits it a, a different way. They, they, 
they reflect light, whereas we absorb light. You know, we absorb it in a way. And these are the things that I had to, I had to learn. I had to like, you know, I had a lot of ex-girlfriends I used to draw on. You know what I mean? I, I, I drew on a lot of black women. I was like, ah, this don't look right. Erase them and draw some more. And you know what I mean? Like, these are the things I would just rack my brain trying to figure out the using the right amount of black and using the right amount of this medium gray and this light gray. Yeah, it, that all goes into just design wise, you know? I have a question from Instagram. They want to know, how do you maintain consistency on such a large scale? It, it comes with picking one style. It's, it's a lot of trial and error drawing. I, did, I, I do more drawing than I do tattooing. The consistency comes with just the amount of drawing that you put in. Like, I'm, like I, I shouldn't say drawing. Drawing was the wrong word. I do a lot of sketching. I, I do a lot of sketching. I force myself to fill up a sketchbook. Now, it could be any size sketchbook. It could be one that sits in the, the palm of your hand or one that is the size of a laptop. And I, have, and I'm, I just came up with a process of I draw on... I draw on the body a lot. I draw, I not, I shouldn't say I draw on the body a lot. I have body suit templates. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and then when I, and, and I, and I have those templates and I, and I basically, I sketch like about, I try to do a hundred a week. I force myself I, because then after a while, it just becomes every, every stroke that you make is like a little bit more refined and it, and it becomes looser in the mind and it just, it flows out. You know, after I'm done doing those hundred sketches, then I'm like, all right, which ones do I like? And I just try. I'm like, ah, right, you know what? I, I pick the ones that I like, and then the ones I don't like, I still finish them. Because even the ones I don't like, there's still something in it. You know, there's still something in it that that I put down on paper that my mind likes it, my subconscious likes it, and not being distracted by a lot of the shit that I, uh, you know, like I, I grew up, I grew up around. Like so, like let's say from like '98. 97, 98, when I, when I started hanging around the tattoo shop, I try to focus more on my art, which would help me out being consistent. Because if I was, because if I, if I, if I put the, the time in now, later on in my life, should be, shit should, should be easier, which it, which it is. 20 years in now, I, I kind of get to do what I want to do. And I, I, I just stuck to one style, which was I wanted to do Japanese style tattoos. It was the more, it was a, it was a style that was so ambitious. It was what, it's what I was told not to do and which helped me be consistent because it was, it, it's just part of that, the style, the, the lifestyle, you know, like you, you gotta be kind of, it's, it's consistent. You have to be very, very Zen type, deep concentration, you know, and that helps, that helps your consistency. Can you talk a little bit about the grays and what inspired you to create your own line of ink? It was a social experiment. It was basically like I wanted to see if if tattoos really do support their own. That was it. I was I was I was like, I you know what? I've been tattooing about 15 years now. Let me see what's up. Let me see if this is really something that like if if people are gonna put their money where their mouth is. And then it was a it was a test for everybody. It was test it was a test for white people, it was a test for Latin people, Asian people, even black people, like. Are you going to support somebody that really gives a fuck? Because I'm not, because there was other artists before me that 
came out with their own companies and they just kind of withered. And I was like, well, all right, I understand why this person didn't stay around because their tattoos weren't good. And then there's also tattoo politics. You know what I mean? Are you a certain, are you part of this clique or this clique or this brotherhood or this so-called progressive uh, um, environment? Are you are you really progressive? You know what I mean? Right, this black dude's gonna put out, and I wasn't thinking all oh, my black dude putting it out, but then I was also thinking that was part of the the, the plan. There wasn't a black dude that ever did a, a in company in tattooing, much less like put out their own book or even do large scale tattoos. So it was just basically a, it, and 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 there was a lot of people that were like, "Yo, yeah, Dre's my boy. He's my friend." Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, all right, if you're really my friend, I'm going to buy your shit. I'm going to buy it. You know, I'm going to buy the grades because Dre's tattoos are good. Because y'all say it. I've, I've, I mean, you could go back to my old Facebook, you know what I mean, posts. And you could see what people were saying back then. So I was like, all right, let me just test the waters. And I just put it out. I was like, yo, fuck it. You know, um, that was one of the things I was also thinking about at the time. And I was married at the time. I wanted to leave something to my kids. I wanted to, like, leave uh, an imprint so my kids could, like, have something, you know? And it's, it's, it was like, well, how long am I going to be also tattooing? You know, like, I would love to have something that, like, I can just do in a way and I can I can at least have, like, a portfolio to show people what I've done. Like, yo, this is what I did with the with my ink and this is what it's going to look like when you first put it in the skin and this is what it's going to look like down the line like 10 15 years down the line which some of my old tattoos are walking around new york right now and they still haven't faded out it's still like a nice creamy looking gray in the skin so when i did that i want i just i was testing the waters it was it was a social experiment are you really that progressive are you progressive that you would support a, a fellow tattooer of color also um, are you really my friend? Are you going to support me as a friend? Like, I will probably support you as a friend. How much of an ego do you have? You know what I'm saying? And I kind of like put myself out there because I, because there's this unwritten rule in, in tattooing where like, yo, if you're a tattoo, you can't start your, you can't start a tattoo business. But ta if you own a tattoo shop, it's a tattoo business, right? I couldn't start a tattoo shop because just too much work behind that. You know, I didn't have the capital, but I had the capital to start this ink company and when the, the formula that I, I, I made up, I, I was given a bunch of different formulas. Yo, Dre, if you're going to do black and gray, your ink, your ink got to be like this. And there was fellow tattooers were giving me like, you know, yo, try this. This is what so-and-so uses in Europe. But a little bit later, didn't, nobody really looked at me like, yo, Dre, well, what do you use? You know what I mean? What, what, how do you do it? What's this? They were always just saying, yo, just use this and never ask. There was never a, a, a discussion on like, blah, 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 yo, you know what I mean? Like, just use this and don't don't question. Don't question. I was, but I always question shit, you know? And when I did it, you know, I just wanted to see the response. And I, I put myself out there. I, I knew it was going to get weird. I didn't realize how weird it was. How did it get weird? You, you go from having, oh, yo, Trey, you're dope. You know, come work at the studio to like crickets. You know what I'm saying? Not not really trusting you after that because they think, oh, you're just a money man. You're about the money. It's like, no, I'm not really about the money. The money, like, nobody really asked me what I was going to do. They just assumed, oh, you're just a money man now because 
you know what I'm saying? This is what you came in the tattoo industry for because this, these are the things I heard from other people. I'm not really, I was like, but but you, nobody asked me what was my long-term goals in this. I was like, yo, the help tattooers out. If a motherfucker's on their deathbed and, I'm, and I've am and i made like a couple, you know, if, if, not, I shouldn't date deathbed, but if somebody breaks their fucking leg and they need fucking medical attention, medical attention and they got like this medical bill, I'm like, yo, you need that? I got you. But nobody really looked at it that they only looked at it in the more you know um famine mentality type shit like oh he's only in this for the money and blah 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 like this i i love tattooing to the point where it's not hard for me to give back you know what i mean because a lot wasn't given to me but a lot let's say a lot was given to me but a lot wasn't given to me it's kind of weird the, the the knowledge that i was given it was a lot to me you know what i mean like the people i met i'm fucking lucky who I met. I met, I'm lucky that I met my boy, uh, Angel. And then from meeting him, I met Sess Med and Yes too, you know? And, and I want to give back to something. I want to like help out Sess and Yes and Med. I want to buy their artwork because this shit was to help a lot of the people that I met through my life. Because, yo, trust me, man, like before tattooing, I didn't know what the fuck I was going to do. And then when I was able to make some money for myself it was like yo i gotta pay back session yes i gotta yo if yoni ever needed something for me yo yoni i got you if fucking troy Denon ever needed something for me yo i got you it was just i was trying so hard to like accomplish so much in a short minute of time and i, and I wanted to test the water i want to see what is this yo i love you man type shit really real you know what i mean because and i didn't realize it's not it's kind of like, there's a lot, of, too much paranoia and shit. Too much male, female ego. Too much of this shit. Like, what the fuck, man? Like, you know, like, what's this for? But then, you know, you, there's, you, your circle got, my circle got smaller, you know? Because it was just, the, the that test showed a lot. Either people stayed, really stayed, they, 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 they wanted to meet me, but they too shook to meet me. And then they just stayed away. And then there was ones that just stayed away. They didn't want to meet me. It was, it was like, it was, it was like that. It was, you know? But it was a good social experiment. It was a. It, that's what it was. It was. A, it was a social. It was a social experiment. Yo, are you listening to episode two of Mad Pain? Thinking to yourself, I want to fuck with the Grays too. Yeah, you know what? I pulled up the website, and I got the plug for you, baby. And let's do some brief history. I mean, here's the story of the Grays. And I'm a deliverist using my best impression of Raekwon because I know you probably sick of my voice and I'm sick of my voice too. Yo, I be sounding like Carlton in this bitch, but whatever. So here we go. Frustrated with the performance and inconsistency of commercialized inks, world-renowned tattoo artist Andre Malcolm decided to take full control of his craft by creating his own blend of gray wash inks. After creating the perfect blend, Andre and his clients instantly saw incredible results, such as richer volumes of shade and amazing contrast. Only a few months went by before other artists in the industry started noticing the change and wanted to try to ink for themselves. And that's how the grays were born. And you know, I can speak personally 
when I had Invisible Man tattoo for that brief moment, I made it a point to invest in black business. In the grays, you know, ain't no other black-owned tattoo inks, you feel me? And when I did that, you know, I reached out to Anderson and I was like, yo, can you hit up Andre and ask him if I could, you know, purchase the grays? And now that I look back at that, I'm like, yo, why the fuck was I doing that? Like, why would I ever assume that another black person wouldn't sell me quality tattoo supplies? And, you know, I think that I thought that shit because in the very beginning, when I was trying to buy shit online, all these other white-owned companies had all this language on their website talking about, oh, yeah, no scratchers. They're going to charge a scratcher fee and all this other bullshit. Or like, oh, you have to be associated with a shop in order to buy your products. And you know what? It's really hard for black people to get apprenticeships and get full-time positions at tattoo shops. So you setting it up so that black people can't get the good shit. And that's how systematic oppression works, baby. So if you're one of those companies, I strongly suggest changing that fucking language and think about how you're contributing to and perpetuating this fucked up system. But on another note, yeah, I fuck with the grays. It's good, it's consistent, and I love it. The branding is on point, baby. And if you're seriously interested in doing the work, I mean the real work, redistributing wealth, invest in black businesses. Gone. Take your ass to www.grazeinc.com. Yeah, and tell them I sent you. Keep in mind, right? Right now, they they got some good deals. Like, <laughs> there's some percentage off. So go take advantage, baby. Yeah. Tell me something you love about the industry and something you hate about the industry. Um, the freedom. When I was little, right? I just I grew up on a farm. I woke up my own time and shit. And I didn't have to worry about money and shit. But the freedom of just like I wanted I wanted that. I wanted to like wake up my own time and work my own time. And what I hate about the industry is the fucking politics, man. Those unwritten, stupid fucking rules that I had to go by for like so many years and then break out of that shit. Like the politics, you know what I'm saying? Like lame boys club fraternity type shit. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you got to be a mason to hang out with me or you got to be a, 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 a odd fellow or you got to be a whatever. Whatever those stupid fucking circle jerk fraternities that they got out there, you got to be something like that. You know what I'm saying? And you got to be like a alpha, you got a beta or whatever the fuck, whatever those college fraternities two type shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like the, like those things that are just like, so outdated that that breed that's about it okay so you have your own studio you have your own ink company and a great reputation do you have any other like big career goals that you want to accomplish i think i'm I'm living out here but i want to build a robot i want to build a a, 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 uh we're seeing um what's that fucking movie um that will smith movie i robot with the robot in it (laughs) i i robot I want to build one of those. I'm doing that shit. 
Yeah, I'm doing that shit. Tight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, last question. How can people support you right now? Keep getting back pieces and shit. That's it. Get tattooed. I mean, the next company I do just support me. That's it. It's, it's gonna be my next social experiment. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna my next social experiment. Let me see if y'all gonna really be about it. That's it. You know, get oh, just get tattooed by me. And that's about it. Like I don't, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to be monitored by my my so, my um my zip code. You know, I don't want to be defined by my zip code. So that's it. You know, if I could, if I could, if I could feed my family and and um, leave something for my kids and be a productive person in society, that's it. That's about it. You know, do tattoos and fucking have a good time and shit in life. That's it. That's all I want. Good vibes and shit. Good vibes be good vibes make everything a lot better. You know, and you got any shout outs or fuck yous you want to give? All right, shout out to my man Angel, aka Rate. Shout out to uh, Tough City Tattoos, Med, Sess, yes. Shout out to my boy Jose Soto. Shout out to Anderson Luna. That's my man, 50 grand. Shout out to uh, Eddie. Shout out to uh, fucking Troy Denon. You know what I'm saying? Thank you for giving me a chance. Um, shout out to Yoni. Shout out to uh, the Lou Family Irons, you know, Felix Lou Phillip, Mick Tattoo, Luke Atkinson. Shout out to uh, Chris Brand and SB, uh, Adrian Lee at um, Analog Tattoo. Shout out to him from day one. I remember him coming to Tough City back in the day and looking through my portfolio and actually telling me what I should focus on. And thanks for that. Uh, shout out to Henry Lewis and Grime. Shout out to uh, Tam's Mad People. It's a lot. Phil Holt, Doreen. Shout out to you. Um, shout out to uh, who? Uh, my boy Jay Watkins. He's a hardworking dude, man. That's my peoples, man. I want to go to the range with him, man. That's about to go shoot some guns. I just got me a gun and shit. Yeah, bang bang. Everybody at Red Leather, shout out to everybody at Red Leather. It's a cool fucking shop. Um, shout out to everybody that has given me their skin. Shout out to everybody. Shout out to everybody that has ever let me do their back, do their sleeve, do a fucking cherry on them. Shout out to them people. Shout out to just everybody that gave, like, had faith in me. You know what I mean? Because that shit, tattooing is a psychological thing. So, shout out to y'all, man. Shout out to everybody that let me tattoo them. Ever, man. Like, I I think about this shit every... I think about this shit all the fucking time. Like, I get to fucking hurt you. And you pay me. Without no fan, no, without no fucking drugs. They these motherfuckers be laying on the table and just be taking it. So, shout out to everybody has ever let me tattoo. I'm, I'm serious about this. From the smallest fucking dot to your whole suit. Fuck yes, you? Yes, oh, please. you want to listen to fuck yous? Alright, hold up. I got my, let me look at my phone real quick. <laughs> hold up. I got the list, B. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I got this dope ass list. Oof. It's gonna be spicy, kid. This is gonna be real spicy. All right, here goes the list, B. All right, um, oh shit. I fucking crossed their names out. Wait, 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 wait a minute. What the fuck is the list? 
shit. Where the fuck did it go? Fuck. I just had it in my phone, B. What do you mean? I just, damn, B. Damn. Here we go. <laughs> Doreen. Doreen about to have me out there. No, but fuck it, though, man. That's how it is, B. Motherfuckers, you know. Fuck these racist motherfuckers, man. All right. Found it. Um, guy, right, it goes my fuck you list. All right, so I have to interrupt this episode of Mad Pain with a brief message. So while we were recording episode one, we, me and Andre were sitting posed in front of the microphones. Anderson, you know, Anderson Luna uh, took a picture of us and posted it on his stories and said, Mad Pain podcast coming soon. And um, and yeah, the day after that, a couple, it was a couple or maybe maybe just one, <laughs> maybe just a little one scary ass motherfucker um, started calling my bosses and was mentioning that, that, you know, we were recording a podcast that was about outing um, all of the racist tattooers in the industry. And that they had lawyers ready and waiting. And, you know, this was before we even recorded this episode. This was before I had, you know, had any ideas of doing such a thing. Um, But you know what? Thank you. Thank you for giving me such an idea. Um, After you're finished listening to this episode, I want you to give yourself a little pat on the back, you know? Just thank yourself. Because... It was really you. Thank you. For real. (laughs) Yeah, so, you know, Andre accumulated all this information from, you know, mostly, mostly one person, but there might have been a couple others that contributed to the, this wealth of, um, this wealth of names. So if you have a problem with any of the information mentioned in this little passage, you know, take it up with that person. Otherwise, you know, like, have your popcorn on deck, maybe a little snack, take your bathroom break, push pause. And if I had any advice, um, you know, I would deeply encourage you to find uh, the Ether instrumental and uh, and put it on the background. If you have an extra speaker or something, you know, just like, you know, set the tone, get the mood right. You ready? Let's go. Um, a big fuck you goes to Jeb Maycut, whatever the fuck his name is. Um, he one of them. Yeah, he was a bitch. Uh, fuck you to friend some racist Orlando crimes or whatever his name is. Fuck you to Mike Drexler. Fuck you to De- to Derek Snowgrass. Uh, fuck you to Basilio Rivera. Fuck you to Michael Senna. Yeah, fuck you hard, bro. Fuck you to Dave Allen. Fuck you to the Grasso brothers. Yeah, bro. Yeah, there's a bunch of people. I'm, I'm going to say these names right now, though, but they could get they could get the deals. Fuck you goes to um, 
to a bunch of other tattooers too. But they, but those are the names I'm gonna say right now. Fuck you to them dudes, and a bunch of other dudes that run with them. Cause you know that cir- those these circles they all close together, you know. So they, so they they live this life where they could do all this shit and say certain fucked up shit about people, and fuck you to you know fuck you. I'm, I'm about to cover up a bunch of tattoos I got on people, you know. Cause Jeb ratted you all out. Jeb ratted Jeb Maker ratted all you out. He ratted out King Zab. He ratted out fucking. He ratted out uh five points. He ratted out invisible. He ratted out. He ratted out all you motherfuckers, man. He ratted out all you, all you hip tattoos in New York. Yo, fuck all y'all, B. I don't give a fuck. I'm at a point in my life where I care nothing for all you dudes. Because guess what? You know, I don't really give a fuck. Jeb ratted all you dudes out. He said all y'all are like that. He said all y'all names, too. He told me this himself. There's witnesses of me pressing him from the five points. You feel me? And if you, and if all y'all... Don't like what I'm saying? Fuck all y'all, B. You don't like what I'm saying, but you know it's true, though. You know it's true. Like, and when y'all hear it, fuck all y'all, B. Fuck right. whoever your friends are. I don't give a fuck. I really don't give a fuck who you know or whatever. Fuck all y'all motherfuckers, man. Shout out to my man, Big Steve, bro. I love you, Big Steve. You know what I'm saying? Oh, Gold, Gold. Jeb ratted you out, too, Gold. Gold is this kid from, from New York and shit. Yo, Gold, he ratted you out. You know what I'm saying? Big Steve, he tried to say you was down with that shit, but Big, yo, Big Steve, me and you got history. We cool like that. Um, You know what I'm saying? Um, Everybody at New York are doing too. You know, if y'all work there, yo, Jeb worked there too, so fuck you. He, he, he ratted all y'all out, yo. And y'all still work with this rat. See, this is how this world is coming to a fucking end. Y'all fuck with rats, B. He's a weak link, yo. He ratted all y'all out. He ratted all you motherfuckers out. And he's walking around like it's all good. Y'all be jumping on your hot choppers with him too? Oh, my God. That's fucking wild, man. And they rat on each other too. Lions. Yo, he he lied. You lied on him and he lied on you. Bro, it's wild, B. I pressed him. I, ask, ask, ask Chris Garver, yo. Ask Chris Garver. He saw me pressing him. Yo, Teddy. Teddy, he works at five points. Yo, Teddy, you saw me press your man. He was shaking, right? I didn't even put a hand on him. Yo, I told Jeff this. If you don't fucking say these people's names or make a public apology on Instagram, I ain't going to put the names out. But you know what he did? His ego was like, fuck him, whatever. Yo. So he had an opportunity to be like, yo, I'm sorry on Instagram for saying this, this, and this, how I overcharge black people. You know what I'm saying? Or what was the time? What was what did he say? What his boy said? His boy said this shit. His boy said, what did he say? Uh, you seen this shit, right, Doreen? No, I haven't seen anything. Damn, son, you raped that nigga. That's what Basilio said. He goes, big time cash talks. Ha! You get to be like a scumbag like me when it comes to buying shit. Learn from the best. Ha! Well, dude, if I ever want to sell it, I'll give you a thousand cash. Yo! Yo, black people, if you're in New York right now and you're going to Five Points to get tattooed by Jeb, his people's like raping your pockets, son. It's hard enough living in fucking New York and these motherfuckers is raping your pockets? Oh, my God. 
I gave you a chance, Jeb. I told you, bro. I told you. And I knew Jeb was the weakest link ever since I was in New York. You know how I knew? I was like, yo, Jeb, you racist? And he was like, no. Yo, Marco, he ratted you out too. I can't believe it, Marco Serio. Jeb ratted you out too, bro. Jeb ratted you out too. So tell me that ain't true, man. Marco, I hope it's not true. I sat on this for a while. I sat on this. I, I got these. When did I get these pictures, B? I got this back in 2017. So I've been sitting on this for three fucking years. I've been sitting on this shit. And motherfuckers be complimenting my pictures. But deep down, you don't like my black ass. I know this. I know this. And y'all like this shit. Oh, and fuck. A big fuck you goes to... um. A big fuck you goes to that motherfucker, Oliver Peck. That bitch-ass motherfucker. He's a bitch. Right? Yo, I'm going to give you the history. Of, I'm going to give people a history of um of uh, blackface. All right. So this is something a lot of people don't know. But you see, when you used to do blackface, they that was their night job. Right? So they would purposely fuck with black people all day long. These people were like cops. You know what I'm saying? They were bankers. They were store owners. And they would pick on black people all the time. And I don't mean like pick. I shouldn't say pick. But they would terrorize black people. That's what they say now. Right? They'd rape black women. Kill their kids. And then guess what? Or just hang you from a fucking tree. And that same night, they go to the fucking club, put the black face on, and perform. So now when I see this picture of your man with the chocolate face on, and then I see that motherfucker. What's this nigga's name? This motherfucker. Yo, what's his name? What's his name? Jazz. Talking about you cool in my book because your man gave you a t-shirt and fucking a fucking hat. And you go fucking take that shit like a fucking peasant. You piece of shit. Yo, man, this motherfucker put blackface on. You need to know the fucking history of this shit. You need to know the history of this shit. I'm fucking Jamaican. I ain't gonna get nothing out of this from America. England owe me a lot. Spain owe me a lot. I get my reparations from them motherfuckers. But black people here, y'all need to know this shit. They used to perform after fucking lynching a motherfucker. You know that? How you digest that shit? There's modern day lynching going on. These fucking cops shooting people every fucking day. And this motherfucker over here going, just because he give you a fucking t-shirt and a fucking hat, you'd say he cool in my book. And I knew I wasn't fucking crazy being in New York. Yeah, I knew I was the only fucking black tattoo around there like that. I knew I was the only one doing Japanese style tattoos. And I knew I was fucking with y'all. I like that shit. I like that shit. I knew I was fucking with y'all motherfuckers. Y'all all act the same. Yo, Jazz, yo, you spit on the faces of your fucking ancestors, my guy. I'm telling you this right now. You spit on the faces of your ancestors. Motherfuckers died horrifically, B. They used to rip women's intestines out, son. The baby was still in there. They would hang babies, B, knock teeths out. They made laws to lock your, your, your motherfuckers like your great-grandfather up. And the reason why I could talk so passionate about this, even though, you know why? Because I went through this. I didn't go, I ain't, yo, Giuliani, yo, fuck Giuliani. That's another motherfucker. Koch, 
Dinkins, Giuliani, Bloomberg, y'all could all suck a dick. Not even the fuck you. You from New York, son. You from Brooklyn. You shouldn't even put your name, you shouldn't even put gorilla in your fucking name. Talking about you gonna teach me some respect? Then fuck you, man. Um, who else gets a fuck you? I'm calm though. I'm nice though. I'm calm. I'm chilling. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> for real, B, for real. Y'all all pussy. Your moms and your dads raised pussies. Your whole community raised pussies. I I swear to God, y'all all pussy. I know, I know y'all all pussy. And I roll by myself. I walk in any tattoo shop. I've done it before in the past. Anyway. Did you see um did you see what Ink magazine I posted a few days ago? Y'all don't fuck with those magazines, man. Listen, they they have posted this meme and it was um it was like when you on your like last lap of the tattoo and you're about to put in them whites and you see like your client's eyes roll in the back of their heads or something, and then they had a picture of Robert Downey Jr. from that movie where he was in blackface. Oh yeah. And um and it just said survive, right? And so I just started, you know, commenting and I'm like, it's really frustrating how y'all asked me to contribute to your articles about the lack of diversity in the industry and why it's necessary and all this shit. And you post things like this that completely undermine those things. Like, why do you think that this is appropriate? Why do you think this shit is funny? Like, why do you think that this gets the point across? And it's like, I don't even understand how they can even like post about like, oh, Oliver got fired from Ink Master and all this stuff, but they like actively participate in the same shit. Cause this because they don't give a fuck. I've never been in yo, think about it like this. I've never been in the magazine. I've never had an article written on me. Ink magazine, tattoo, all them shits, tattoo life, tattoo energy. I've never been in their magazines. I never, I don't want to be. I know what those magazines is about. I'm 20 years in. I'm 20 years in. I know what those magazines are about. I know what those networks are about. You know what I'm saying? I know what they're about. They don't give a fuck. Yo, they don't even give a fuck about their own kind. Mm-hmm. Yo, ask one tattoo how much they, how much those magazines articles pay them. Right. For using their name or their likeness. Right. Pay me. You need to pay me to put you put me in a magazine. And every I want every every click, every issue that's sold, I want a dollar from that. Give me a dollar for each click, for each magazine sold. I want a dollar. They won't do that. It does not benefit the artists. It only benefits these companies that are run by corporations. And another corporation, too, they don't care about tattooers. They don't care about people. They don't. No tattooers gotten paid from none of these magazines. I bet you any amount of money. They don't pay tattooers. What they do is they know the tattoo industry. It's this unwritten rule. What they do is this free advertisement. There's this tattooer. He's, he's this, he or she's big right now. I'm going to have them in the article or on this. I'm going to get all these clicks. I'm going to sell shit. And not one of these tattoos ever got paid. White, Asian, Hispanic, whatever, whatever the fuck color you are, they don't pay tattooers. 
but we're the ones that put, do the work so they could put them. Which one is more important, the magazine or the tattooer? Fuck all tattoo publications, B. Okay, so <laughs> shout out to my man Craig Todd down uh, down in um uh uh in in the in the South Bay. He put me in. Uh, he put me in. Uh, anybody that put me in their fucking book, shout out to y'all, man. I'm in tattoo books though. I'm never in a tattoo magazine. They don't like black people, man. They don't. What was another fucking fuck you, though? <laughs> Dre, you got enough fuck yous, dog. <laughs> nah, there's a lot, man. There's a lot. Yo, I've dealt with a lot of fucking assholes in this industry, B. All of them, B. A lot. When you're the only black dude walking around for a while, because I've been, I've, I've been to the top. I've been to the top. And when you're the only black dude there, kind of, it's like, fuck. Now I just do my own shit. Shit, I even shout out the ladies, man. My, shout out to Amanda Wakam, Mina Aoki, Jill Bonnie. Shout out to Jill Bonnie. She been through it. You know what I'm saying? She been through it. As a white woman, she been through it. You know what I'm saying? In this industry. She been through it. And I think a lot of you motherfuckers been shitting on her because she's better than y'all. Damn, she's way better than y'all. Put this in there. She's way, she's better than most of you motherfuckers, yo. She tattoos circles. Yo, Jill, you, you step on these motherfuckers next hard. Trust me. They don't say it because they're jealous of you, but you're dope. Um, rocks. Shout out to rocks. They shit on rocks all the time. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to rocks. She's dope as fuck. Yeah, man. Shout out to Rox and her wife. Cat, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I'm shout out to all the women in tattooing that are that that have it hard, man. These men these men fucking hate y'all. Trust me. They hate y'all. They hate y'all because they know that when you step into the room, you're gonna make more money than them. And they fucking hate that shit. A lot of these motherfuckers hate y'all for that shit. And nobody no man's really said it. They hate y'all for it, you know? Virginia, Steph, you know what I'm saying? Michelle Tarantelli. Shout out to Andrea Elliston. You were a big inspiration to me when I first started tattooing. And a lot of these motherfuckers shitted on you too. Andrea, I'm sorry for that shit. Um, yeah, man. Shout out to y'all, man. Um... Shout out to the women, man. Shout out to um, Jackie for holding it down. You know what I'm saying? Fuck his name. Rollo. Is it Rollo? Yo, fuck you too, man. And your wife. She made some comment on my fucking page one time talking about some shit. And I was like, yo, thank you for your for your mayonnaise compliment, backhanded compliment. <laughs> Yeah, Rolo, you can suck my dick right now, B. I know you dead, so fuck you anyway. I know you was racist, my nigga. Oh, my God. Yep, yep. Fuck you, the bugs. Yo, fuck you, my G. I, I know you. Where you from? You a skinhead, too. How you a skinhead and black people started that? I don't get this shit. Why y'all incorporate what black people started and you take you take and turn into a fucking negative, B? 
skinhead started with Jamaicans going to England. Yeah. Fuck you. This, fuck all them skinheads, B. Fuck all y'all bald heads. No, yo, fuck you, bootstrap wearing motherfuckers. F- suck yo, man. Fuck all y'all. Yo, they motherfuckers. Yeah, man. Fuck them to his name. Bailey Robinson. Yo, fuck you too. You 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 deserve a fuck you too. I wasn't forgetting you, Bailey. But fuck you. Who else? These names is coming in. So you're gonna have to, yo, just keep it all mixed up, mossed up like that. Yeah, I like that. Um, who else get that shit, man? Jim Minor, fuck you too, bro. It was me, um, um, Megan Wilson in the room, and Matt Shama, and Jim, and Matt and Shama and Jim were talking. I'm tattooing my client, and Matt is talking to Jim about, oh yeah, um, I'm looking for a place, man. What's your place like? He's like, oh, it's my place is cool, you know, um, it's kind of good because there's not a lot of uh minorities that live there. Right? So I hear that shit. I go, what? And he heard me go, what? And didn't say nothing. So I'm tight now. I tattooed my client, you know what I'm saying? That we're having a shop meeting that night. And I'm just heated now. I'm not saying nothing. And then Jim goes, yo, Joy, I was just making a joke. And I go, yo, fuck you, yo. Fuck you. And he just he just he goes like this, gets all quiet, and then gets up and starts packing his bag. And Adrian Adrian goes, Hey, you all right, Dre? I was like, yeah, I just told Jim to fuck, fuck off. <laughs> and everybody's like quiet in the studio. Ain't no minority. Yo, Orange County's anybody. Yo, Orange County's one of the racist places in California. And that's where he's from. So Orange County, thank you for breeding people like him. Assholes. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good now. Dundrake. There's more people. There's more people that could get this shit right, right now, but fuck it, you know, whatever. Yeah, we'll, we'll right. save it for the tell-all episode. <laughs> Thank you, Andre, for doing this hey, black motherfucking people. interview. Yo, don't let this. Don't let yo. You're in, you're in an industry where it's predominantly white, and people that look up to predominantly white people, cultures that look up to predominantly white people, and they're gonna shit on you. And they're gonna tell you what they think you should do. Like yo, fuck off, black people, man. Just be alright, man. You know, shit. We survived slavery. We good, b. Just saying. But shout out to everybody out there. Shout out to the good vibes. That's it. Doreen, thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. This was. I mean, I don't know. I. It's crazy. And I'm glad that a lot of shit is being exposed and that, you know, some change is going to happen after this shit, you know? And nigga, if y'all want to fuck with me, I got the blicky. Oh my God. I got it, kid. I got it. Don't fuck with me. (laughs) Damn. I just don't (laughs) give a fuck no more. This coronavirus, boy. God damn. Wow, um, that was intense, right? Yes. <laughs> oh my God. So, um, you know, what a great episode. 
Andre in the beginning talked about all of these crossovers between African culture and Japanese culture and ways that he's putting them together in his bodysuit, which I thought was, you know, pretty creative and really cool. Um, he also talked about how he, you know, did a social experiment and created his own ink company, you know, to see if people were actually going to support him, support what it means to be a tattooer with the business, you know, and putting the funds back into your community. He has wild aspirations of building a robot. Um, <laughs> and then he dropped lots and lots of fuck yous at the end, which I I appreciate, you know? Sometimes, like, sometimes you just gotta say fuck you to somebody. And sometimes you gotta hear it, you know? I don't know when's the last time somebody said fuck you to me. <laughs> but that's another story. So there were so many names in that list, and a lot of people that are listening that are not tattooers probably have no idea who those people are. And real talk, like, <laughs> a lot of people, like, half of them names, I don't know either. Um, and that's because I have a whole ass other career outside of tattooing. And, you know, I just, I have, I have other shit to focus on than memorizing motherfuckers' names. I feel like the climax of the fuck yous was, you know, Andre going into detail about why Jazz's friendship with Oliver Peck is so problematic. And from my perspective, I don't like how Jazz prioritized his friendship with Oliver online over um, aligning himself with his community, his black community. Um, you know, supposedly it's because they have a 25 plus year friendship. And he said that he had a conversation on the side with Oliver and didn't and didn't feel the need to make that public, um, which, you know, I think it's important to make it public. But, you know, you make your own decisions in that way. But, you know, Andre also talked about his friendship and history with Big Steve, like in that Big Steve, you know, also does some shit. So that's a complicated scenario, right? It's like, OK, we have two like very long friendships and people participate in very different shit, right? Um, some acts of racism are worse than other acts of racism, but collectively, it's all shit, right? There's vegan shit, there's carnivorous shit, there's wildly explosive diarrhea. It's all shit, right? But for me, like, I'm trying to eliminate all the shit out of my life, all the unnecessary shit I want gone, I want expelled from my social circle. I made a post a few weeks ago um, as a call to action to protect the Black community and expose a racist tattoo artist or a racist tattoo shop. The post basically exploded as soon as I posted it. What I loved were situations where someone would call somebody out, the person um, would acknowledge ways that they were wrong, they would go back and forth with the person that called them out, and, you know, they're actively working towards changing that behavior, like now. So, yeah, there was, like, a lot of positive things going on in the posts. But, you know, a lot of y'all were also showing your ass. There was extreme lacks of accountability. There was like, oh, I'm going to point the finger at you, but I'm not going to point the finger at myself. And when I mention that, I'm talking about Katie Sellegreen, right? The prompt is to expose a racist tattoo artist and you called out other people, but you did not call out yourself. 
A few years ago, Katie did a racist ass tattoo and published it in Tattoo Artist Magazine, issue number 19. The tattoo is on a white person. It is a black boy illustrated as a pickaninny that's crying. He's sticking his dick in a hole in a wooden fence. There's two geese. One of them ran over and is biting his dick. Um, that's why he's crying. And then there's also a woman coming out of a house that is illustrated as a mammy. And um, underneath all that, there is script that says, I done got caught. Sounds pretty one plus one equals racist ass tattoo, right? Um, Katie claims that she was 27 years old when she did this tattoo. And these are her words that she was so dumb that she didn't even know that it was a racist tattoo. To that I say, fuck out of here. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, she came in my DM. She also wrote a long ass article about it. She spent very minimal time talking about her role in the tattoo, um, but also quickly swept it up by, you know, mentioning all of her good white woman deeds. For me, going through a master's program, I've built up so much of a defense against um, toxic white bitch behavior. And toxic white bitch behavior usually includes uh, zero accountability, gaslighting, performances of ignorance they didn't know. Oh my God, they didn't know. How could they? I'm so ashamed. The tears, you know, let's not forget the tears. The tears are basically used as a hand grenade in case of emergency. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, and then, you know, the performance of mental, physical, and emotional fragility. So when she tried to employ all these tactics in my DMs, I just was not fucking for it. Sorry, Katie, like, there's no fucking way in hell that I would ever believe that you did not know that that was a racist tattoo. That shit is absurd. Like, <laughs> even if you're claiming that you didn't know what picking any art was, that person would have had to tell you what it was or you would have had to do the research yourself. There is just no way that you did not know that this shit was racist. Like, I will not accept it. Don't fucking, don't play with me like that. Like, don't come in my DMs doing that. You're crazy. No. So, um, so for that, I give a white bitch, please. You know, I'm also going to make an executive decision to relocate uh, Troy Denning from the shout out list to the fuck you list. Troll is... <laughs> <laughs> I just called Troy Troll. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> this dude is showing ass in the comments. He's letting it be known, like, <laughs> that um, he has a... Uh, that he's just racist. <laughs> like, there's nothing else to be said. Um, and him and Andre, I think I saw that they recently got into it online. So, yeah, yeah, sorry, man. Like, you you over there. You with them. And then it's crazy, you know, because, like, some people have a big aversion to call out and cancel culture. But I think that call out and cancel culture is totally necessary, you know. There's not a lot of real work that's going to be done through complacency. So something has to be done. 
you can already notice the difference online. There are so many memes and graphics going around about positive tattoo practice and ways that we can prioritize inclusivity as far as um, how we treat our clients and how we um, promote those images online. Tamara is doing her um, Zoom calls every Wednesday from 5 to 7 p.m., which you can sign up through her website. And then, you know, Justin's also doing his small groups. Justin Weatherholtz is doing his small groups. So I think that people are actually getting comfortable with having difficult conversations. This is amazing. And for the people that, like, hate call-out culture so much and it's like, okay, do you really want things to stay the way that they were? And I say were. (laughs) Do you really want things to stay the way that they were? That was whack. It's time to change. Recently, I watched an Instagram Live that was hosted by Tasi and Jewel, and they talked extensively about call-out and cancel culture. And they pointed out that, you know, when you call somebody out, it's actually an act of love. I'm pointing this out to you. I hope that you can acknowledge that it's wrong. Um, You know, I'm willing to work with you to figure out how to change that for the better. And, um, you know, I I care about your growth. And the more call-outs that you do in private, you know, with your loved ones and friends and colleagues, the less that people have to do in public. You know, let's be real. Like, so that is also doing the work, you know, bringing attention to that before it spirals. What I would really love for you to do is to go to um, their Instagram pages and watch the IGTV video. I think the full video is on Tasi's page. Their account is at the Chubby Goddess. And then there's some clips on Jewel's IG, which is at Jewel underscore the gym. Also, I know when you watch that video, you will learn something. So go there with the intention of paying them for their work. Their Venmo and payment handles are linked in their bio. So they made it nice and easy for you. Yeah. And, and you know, I just want to, like, thank everybody that's been making a conscious effort to to do better in the industry. Um, There's so many people having discussions and and posting and and creating content. And, um, you know, it's it's just really great to see. So thank you for that. This episode got a little heated during the fuck you uh, section. So I know some people like you can't deal with, um, you know, a lot of that energy. So I already, I already considered it. What I've done is I pre-recorded a meditation for you, a guided meditation, so stick around. <laughs> hey there. Welcome to Mad Pain Meditations. I know what you're thinking. (laughs) Whoa, that was intense. But you know what? This meditation is just what you need to calm that ass down and start doing the work. I like to refer to this meditation as Fi-Bye. That's F-Y-B-Y. Not to be confused with FUBU, (laughs) but this acronym stands for for y'all, by y'all. Yeah, 
and it's coming from one of your very own, Robin D'Angelo. Robin is the author of the trending book right now, White Fragility, which, as a black individual, I consider it somewhat of an eye roll. <laughs> yeah, the eyes are kind of rolling in the back of my head, and they're stuck there. But if you're finding that you need, you know, maybe a, a softer push towards acknowledging your white privilege, this is just that. Let's start by taking a seat and closing your eyes. Let's take a deep breath in. Deep breath out. Deep breath in. And out. One last time. Deep breath in. Deep breath out. Wow. I feel better already. What I'd like you to do next is think of a calm, happy and relaxing place. Maybe it's your reading nook. Maybe it's, you know, your local coffee shop. You just sat down. That avocado toast is on the way. <laughs> Maybe you're taking one of your daily strolls. You know, you stop at the dog park, pop down on the bench. You're just having an awesome time with your pup. And now I want you to think of a time where, you know, a, a black person or basically any anybody that's not white has corrected you or criticized ways that you acted out racism. And that can be in a wildly toxic and problematic way. Or maybe, uh, you know, something that's quote-unquote not that bad. Enough for someone to feel uncomfortable enough to bring it up. Your immediate reaction might be to get defensive. But let's pump the brakes on that one. Instead of doing that, repeat after me. I appreciate this feedback. This is very helpful. It's my responsibility to resist defensiveness and complacency. This is hard, but also stimulating and important. Oops. <laughs> it is inevitable that I have this pattern and I want to change it. It's personal, but not strictly personal. I will focus on the message and not the messenger. I need to build my capacity to endure discomfort and bear witness to the pain of racism. Didn't catch that one? <laughs> Let's try it again. I need to build my capacity to endure discomfort and bear witness to the pain of racism. I have some work to do. You know what? Let's do that one more, more time. I have some work to do. And last but not least, arrest the cops that murdered Breonna Taylor. Wow. How does that feel? Can you feel the progress? 
Yeah. No, but seriously, arrest the cops that murdered Brianna Taylor. Take a deep breath in. Out. Deep breath in. And deep breath out. Now you can open your eyes. And I want you to go find a mirror. I'll wait. No, yeah, like, literally get up and, and go stand in the mirror. Do you see yourself? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> now I want you to repeat after me. I'm going to stop doing this fuck shit. One more time. I'm going to stop doing this fuck shit. I'm going to do the work. I am ready to do the work. Beautiful. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Mad Pain. Join us next time where we will be talking to Amanda Wacob. And uh, trust me, it's a good one. Bye-bye now. I low-key hate this shit. <laughs>